frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. And there was a time in this country, a long time ago, when reading wasn't just for and neither was writing. People wrote books and movies, movies that had stories, so you cared whose ass it was and why it was farting. And I believe that time can come again. Yo, it's Film Church Radio, <laughs> the podcast that treats cinema like, you know, it's today, I'm Brandon, I'm Lewis, and we're here to like talk and stuff, you know, each week Lewis and I alternate picking a film, and today I picked a film, it's Idiocracy from 2006. Written and directed by Michael Judge, Luke Wilson, Mia Rudolph, and Dax Shepard. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> uh, that was my best Justin Long impression. I hope I it did it good. justice. <laughs> um, Justin. Do what? hope you did it, Justin. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'm just getting in the mindset of this film. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this film, you know, I I had seen it mostly. I don't know when it was like maybe the year it came out, 2006, maybe 2007 or something. Late, really late one night, pulling an all nighter trying to finish a slideshow. And so I didn't remember a ton about it. There was a few things that I remembered, but decided to give it a, a watch, see what Lewis's thoughts were. Um, we're going to get into that in the episode. I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's got some problematic things, but I think it still holds up. Um, did you like it? Um, <laughs> I liked, <laughs> I think the idea was good. Yeah. You know. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like maybe you didn't quite like it as much as me, so which will, you know, make for a good episode. But like I said, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, first, we'd like to say thank you to everybody who's been watching the show and listening to the podcast, sending their love. Um, if you're new to the show and you're enjoying it, please sure to subscribe to whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. Um, send us a comment on all our social media channels, which is everything is at Film Church Radio. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think of the show. We also have a YouTube channel where we have a couple of extra reviews, like we did a MCU thing and a Obi Wan Kenobi uh, reaction video um, that you guys can check out. We're going to do more of those in the future, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, but before we get into Idiocracy, we like to talk about the films that we've been watching lately. Uh, we have quite a few, so we decided to split them up between this episode and next episode. And this episode, we're going to talk about everything from 2022 that we've seen recently, including in theaters and on Netflix and things like that. So um, a few of them, you know, both of us have seen, especially like the ones in the theater, uh, mm. I, I finally saw Top Gun. 
We've both seen Elvis. We've both seen Bullet Train. We've both seen Nope. So we're going to talk about a few of those. But uh, tell me what else you've been watching before we get into the the mutual viewings. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing about having a kid is that you can't go to the cinema as often. So um, I know that there's been a lot out recently that I've wanted to see. um, And it kind of coincided. I took a week off from work. Um, had some vacation time to use, so I used it. My dad was in town, and I went to the cinema yeah. four days out of five. Nice. So, yeah, dude, made the most of it. I was just like, I need to kind of tick all these off. Elvis was still playing, and I wanted to see Nope. So we yeah. kind of um, we got there. But before we went to the cinema, we watched The Gray Man, the Netflix like big biggest budget ever release. You know, James yeah. Bond Mission Impossible style. Um, with Ryan Gosling, who I feel like has been away from the screen for years and years. I know he did that because he had kids and stuff, I think, and then he took a step back. So it's really good to see him back. Yeah. Um, directed by the Russos, who did, obviously, the Avengers films. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's fine. You know, some of the set pieces work really well, and it's, like, big and loud, and things get blown up, and... None of it makes any sense. Yeah. But, you know, if you kind of don't expect it to make sense and go in just for a fun film, it's fine, you know. Do you think it would have worked better if it had been in cinemas? Um, That's tough. I I don't think there's enough there for it to be. I mean, there seemed to be like a lot of characters in it, but none of them really had any kind of like depth yeah you know everyone was super one-dimensional um i would have liked to see on the big screen because some of the action set pieces are really fun and you know yeah that's kind of what i was thinking it's like when you're watching big action stuff yeah like is it that good at home you know i mean it's yeah it's hard isn't it because that's like netflix model i think it got like a very limited cinema release yeah um i just it just blows my mind that you know these actors that a bankable that just goes straight to Netflix. Yeah, especially, yeah, and the Russos too. It's like... Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know... it. I mean, I guess it's all about money, right? Because it's, yeah. you know, Netflix maybe gave them more money than another studio would. But maybe, I mean, maybe that's because another studio was like, you need something better if you're going to put it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think... Honestly, you know, they're, they're setting it up for like a sequel and maybe a series. I mean, uh, it was announced like two weeks later that there's a sequel and a spin-off that's already in the works. Man, and that's like, just so, like... I mean, you can just tell that that's why Netflix did it. It yeah. was like, we're going to make this into a sit. And it's like, it's like, learn from DC. That does not work. Okay. Yeah. If you just like push these things through, it's not going to go well. Yeah. But I mean, that's just like where things are going I mean, yeah. it, that's that's I guess what not necessarily where things are going because it's is where things are trying to go. It's what it's what's selling. It's like the yeah. franchisable IP or whatever. But yeah. yeah, it's like you know the reason Marvel is the king at it, mm. and everybody's copying them. The reason that they did it so well is because they went in it from the mindset of like let's make one really good movie. And yeah. then let's make another really good movie. And they just mm-hmm. focused on one movie at a time. Now it's getting a little crazy. 
and I don't yeah. know how much longer they're going to be able to sustain it. But I mean, that's how they built up that whole yeah. franchise, you know? Yeah. And I think that there's a, you know, everyone jumps to Marvel, but we're also, we need to talk about Mission Impossible as well. They are mm. taking their time. Yeah. You know, they know that people love these films, but they're making really well, like, written, well acted yes. films mm-hmm. that are for adults. You yeah. know, it's not like, you know, this, there was some like violence and stuff in it, but it is, you know, the kind of thing that me as a 13 year old would have been like, yeah. Yeah. You know, whereas Mission Impossible, there's like so many layers to it. It's yeah. a bit more like the story matters, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas this, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I could not remember anything from this film. <laughs> um, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But it's there, it's on Netflix. So, you know, it's free. Yeah. If you have Netflix. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I saw Nope. So this was the first of my cinema trips. So yes. we went to see Nope. And I know that you've seen it. And yes. you didn't really say anything about it until I no. had seen it. Yeah, I was going to uh, wait. I didn't want to spoil anything. So spoilers, if you haven't seen Nope, we're going to talk about it for a second here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so skip ahead, whatever you need to do. Go yeah. watch it. Then listen. Um, but we, we might get into spoilers here. Yeah. I mean, my my first instinct when walking out, like my first reaction to it was Jordan Peele has kind of created another film where repeat viewings are necessary. Like yeah. there's so much in there that I'm like, what, what is that about? Yeah, You know, and not in like a bad way, not in like this does not make sense, more like I know there's something there to like take from it, but I don't like this first time it must have passed me by. Yeah, you know, because there's obviously there's a lot of stuff in there that is surface level, but there's a lot I think that's beneath the surface that takes a few times to watch to kind of just really get it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and my first reaction, I mean, I have kind of cooled a little bit, but not a lot. But I, I did think that it was maybe his best. Um, when I came out of the cinema, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, mm, I think that was just in the moment. I think it's really good, but I think Get Out is still like a five star. Yeah masterpiece yeah you know yeah um but i loved it i gave it four and a half out of five i thought it was really really interesting you know something i'd not really seen before it kind of took a lot of genres and played with it and kind of gave us something different yeah you know it's it's good it's a good film yeah yeah for me um it was five out of five you know that i there are still like things there that you know you can go deeper with um that I think I'm going to catch more again on the rewatch, but it did very much feel, I mean, it feels like something I haven't seen in a long time. And it's the kind of movie that I used to just love. And it's the kind of movie that people just would always try to copy and make, but would never, it it was only like once every decade or two decades that someone would actually make a good one. And this feels like that. And I mean, you know, for example, like Jaws or like, um, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, what he what he was doing yeah. in the early days, you know, I feel like this feels like that. Um, very, really good characters, very mysterious throughout. You know, you're constant, like the movie is constantly one step ahead of you. You're not exactly sure where it's going. And then when you find out what it is, it's like really interesting and something you hadn't really thought about. Um, yeah. And just the engagement, you know, like of of the film like it just grabs you and sucks you in and it you know pulls you yeah. into this uh really 
fun story. Like that that's mm-hmm. that was what was great about it for me. It was like it was just a really, really fun movie. Marketed as like a horror film, but it's you know, it's mm-hmm. more of just like a suspense thriller. Yeah, action thriller kind of thing. Yeah. Your summer your summer kind of blockbuster thing and Yeah. And then with touches of, of things in there that me as a filmmaker just loves like the fact that it's like shot on IMAX sixty five millimeter film yeah. and then um you know there's like the the director of photography guy who's like obsessed with film and mm-hmm. you know has his film camera with no batteries um and uh you know there's like a scene where he's like editing on an old editing table and stuff like all those things so it's just like geeking out about like Ooh, yeah. that's cool that's cool you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah so yeah, I can't wait to go back and watch it. I definitely want to see it at least once more before it gets out of the theater. You know, hopefully a few more times. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I was saying, I just can't wait to kind of see it again. It probably will be when it comes to on demand now. Um, but yeah, I mean, seeing it in the cinema was an experience. Yeah. So everybody needs good. to go see it immediately. Yeah. It'll bend your mind a little bit. Yeah. Um. And then after that, we saw Vengeance. So, mm-hmm. I mean, BJ Novak, who was in The Office and wrote a lot of episodes for it, this is his, I believe, feature directorial debut. He wrote it and he stars in it. Um, and it's, it is like, I text you when I'd watched it, and I was like, I think you're going to love it because it, it seems like it's right up your alley yeah. in terms of like location and the characters that are in it. Um, and it's about um, a New York like young adult well young adult that sounds ridiculous like early 30s kind of modern man i guess there's like multiple sex sexual partners um like trying to launch a podcast you know Mm. living the modern life and then a girl that he used to hook up with dies and he gets invited to her funeral in texas um because the family think that the the relationship was more than it was. Ah. So he ends up going and then um her brother pretty much says to him like I think she was murdered. And he's like okay this sounds like a podcast. So he starts ah. like recording everything for this podcast and it's like it is like a dark comedy. But I w- I thought it was really really good. It's like yeah. an hour and 40 minutes really tight. Um, the depiction of Texas was incredibly funny. There's a great scene involving Whataburger, which oh sweet, you know, we're from Texas. We know the the love for Whataburger. So yeah, um, and I think it just got like a really small release, but I think it's just it's a really solid start, you know. Yeah, um, for him, for me, people should definitely go see it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. Yeah, that sounds really good. Now that I know a little more about the plot and stuff, yeah. I wasn't sure, you know, watching the trailers, but you know. Um, I mean, I do like Ashton Kutcher, like or Kutcher. Yeah, how do you say his last name? Is it Kutcher or Kutcher? I say Kutcher, but Kutcher. Could be. Yeah, Kutcher sounds dirty, rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I've always liked that guy. I mean, I mean, of course, that '70s show, and then Dude Where's My Car, and the Butterfly Effect, yeah. and yeah. um, you know, I liked him in the Steve Jobs movie. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. he did. I thought he did well. Um, yeah. So it reminded me a lot of Bernie, and I think mm-hmm. that if this had been made like ten years earlier, McConaughey probably would have played the um, Kutcher character. Gotcha. 
Like I, yeah. that's just kind of the vibes I was getting from it when I was watching it. But yeah, cool. um, and yeah, you mentioned I mean, Link later at one point, and I was like, okay, you know, obviously there's some inspiration here from yeah, like dazed and confused and Bernie and stuff. So. For sure. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go check it out. Try to go see it on a a cheap day matinee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Try not to break the bank. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I mean, it's. Pro- I mean, I went even though we went like first thing in the morning at like half ten, um, but there was like four people in. Yeah, which is a shame because, again, you know, we've talked about it. I think it'll come to like streaming and it'll just get kind of lost. It'll probably come at the same time as maybe Bullet Train. Yeah, and like it'll just get kind of lost in the shuffle, which is a shame. Cause I think yeah, it's a really good film. Yeah, we'll see what he does next because I mean, it could be yeah. a a really interesting career for him coming yeah. up. I mean, did he not write some on The Office? He did, yeah, and he he wrote quite a lot, I think, and his kind of sense of humor is very, you know, akin to mine. It's um, like, you know, a little bit dark, but people just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, and, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's really good. But let's talk about some films that we've both seen yeah. um, recently, starting with Bullet Train. The new Brad Pitt vehicle, mm-hmm. pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this kind of surprised me in terms of him being involved in it. Right. Yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere in terms of like, oh, this is a Brad Pitt film, you know. I have a theory um, on this, but continue. Okay. Cool. Um, I think that the supporting cast is really good as well. I mean, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's good to see him in a role where he can actually do something with it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just like, it was like, I didn't love, love it. There was a lot of stuff in there that was enjoyable. Um, but it just kind of, it went the way of like Marvel films where it's just action was kind of, um, inserted instead of character development. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that's probably what it was going for, and I've read that it was supposed to be a more serious, like, martial arts style film, and then mm. the actors kind of started hamming it up a little bit, and it went into this comedy route as yeah. instead. Um, and I think that's the problem: it's battling with those two films the whole time. Yeah, but I, mean, action I think comedy. you liked it more than me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, okay, so, I, uh, you know, I might have liked it even more. If it hadn't have been for my theater experience, and uh, oh no, I hate talking about this because I love movie theaters. I do not want them to die. Mm. I want them to stay around, and everyone should go to the theaters and uh, keep cinemas alive. Um, yeah. but uh, we we saw it on like a preview. It was like the Tuesday before it. You know, it was coming out Friday. Yeah. Um. And the person who bought our tickets accidentally bought them at the wrong theater. But we were, you know, we were there. It was like right at seven when we got there and the movie started at seven. So, yeah, I got the ticket switched out. And then by the time we walked into the theater, it was like 7.15. And the movie had already started. And I was like, shit, (laughs) you know, what have we missed? Like, how much of this have we missed? And it's like going. Like, the movie just goes. It's, It's one of those kinds of movies. So it's like, it was hard to tell how much we had missed. Um, and then there were, it's assigned seating, but there were people sitting in our seats 
<laughs> so, yeah. you know, the seats right in front of the seats we bought were open and I was like, I mean, the movie's already started, 17 minutes past, surely no one's gonna buy tickets for these seats. So we no, just sat, yeah. instead of like being like, hey, you're in our seats and missing even more of the movie, we just sat down and then like five or 10 minutes later, people show up and they're like, hey, you're in our seats. <laughs> so we have to get up and I, you know, it's like, we're already, we've already missed the beginning of the film. So I'm, I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. Now I'm like yeah. having to not pay attention to the movie, get, you know, go behind us and be like, Hey, you're in our seats. And the people get up and leave. We sit down and then it like smells <laughs> in the back of the okay. theater, like piss, like someone oh. peed in the back of the theater. And then I noticed that like, there's like these little flickerings in the projector and realize it's flies like flying up into the projector and glowing. Oh God. And probably because of the piss. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, it it just did not start off yeah. great for the movie. Yeah. And then the, you know, the rest of the movie, I was like, okay, I, I got to try to figure out what's going on and enjoy this. And, and I did enjoy the movie and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it just didn't start off great. Um, no, which, sucks. like I said, I hate to like dog on any theater, but like, yeah, yeah, it just it just wasn't great. So, um, you know, and I like I said, I don't know how much I miss. I'm I'm wondering now if like because it was a preview, if they just didn't have any trailers at all, and we missed a full fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, was he already on the train? Yeah, they were already on the train. It was like yeah. starting. It was starting with uh the the two british characters mm-hmm. uh when we walked in the two british characters were just like yeah the twins that they call them or whatever they were just like in the middle of a conversation yeah you probably missed about 15 minutes yeah so yeah i, I don't know any cinema i mean alamo are pretty like on the dot yeah it wasn't um, alamo was no i was gonna say it doesn't sound like alamo. it was i alamo. think the one thing I've noticed about going to the cinema that is an Alamo, because we the whole time last week we went to um, Cinemark and they did. I mean, Cinemark is really great. I think. Yeah. Um, especially the times we went, but we like we went in the morning for every film, um, and there was hardly anyone else there. But even the people that were in there were like loud. Yeah. Not like shouting, but you could hear them like whispering. Yeah. And I was like, man, I miss Alamo. I just miss like silence (laughs) yeah or just like like to be immersed i don't want anything to pull me out and if yeah like you said if you start to smell something it's like i can't concentrate on this you know um yeah it's it's just like the alamo you know besides the fact that they you know enforce like no talking during the movie they just respect the movie experience yeah you know and they they try to make it the best experience that they can for people because they know that the people coming to their theater love movies and they love Mm -hmm. the cinema experience so they try to to give them that you know down to like you know making sure that the projection is right and all you know the technical the technicalities of everything and stuff um so yeah that i mean it was just you know it was just unfortunate and that doesn't happen a lot you know showing up late and yeah (laughs) there being pee in the back of a theater for me (laughs) anyway I don't know about other people's experiences, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it pretty much. 
and, and it, it made a lot more sense to me when I realized after the film that, oh, the, the guy who made um, Deadpool 2, the director yeah. Deadpool 2 made this. Um, and so my theory, you know, I, I mean, I actually found out more information a little while ago, but my theory when I watched it was like, I was thinking about Deadpool 2 and, you know, there's a lot of Deadpool 2 cast in this film, including yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> Who, you know, has that one tiny little cameo. Um, and then, and but it was like the opposite in this because, uh, shit, Deadpool himself. Um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Has like a tiny cameo. Yeah. He's in the film for like one shot. Yeah. So I don't know if that was like part of the joke. I guess. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. like I assume so. <laughs> um, so I've, I felt like that, had something to do with it. I mean, plus when you look at David uh, Leach's filmography, he seems like somebody that, I mean, he's had success, right? I mean, Deadpool 2, yeah. he's produced John Wick, or did he direct John Wick? I don't know, on IMDb. I think he just, like he originally started directing it and then someone took over. Okay, so, I and think. then Atomic Blonde, which, you know, had yeah. some, some success. Um, yeah, so it's like he seems like, you know, a pretty relevant, successful action yeah. director. Um, so I could see how he could get. And Brad Brad Pitt's, you know, somebody who doesn't want to just do the same movie every time, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But then I started listening to um, a podcast, uh, the real, I think it's Real Blend or something like that, um, and they were. I just listened to the beginning of of the episode because it was about um bullet train and david leach was apparently brad pitt's stunt double on fight club so they uh -huh. they like okay. already had yes, this sir. relationship and stuff yeah um, okay that makes sense yeah so anyway yeah, yeah it you know it, it it's hard for me to really say i wasn't really sure what i thought about it because like i said it just started it off as a terrible experience and then yeah you know i was i wasn't there i just felt like i had missed so much context but i mean i enjoyed it like it was a very well made the action was was pretty good it was a little over the top but it was like i went into it expecting that so i yeah. it wasn't like yeah. you know oh i wasn't complaining necessarily i do feel like a little bit over this style like I, I was going to talk about the style. I think that it just makes me appreciate Tarantino so much more. Yeah, for and sure. The, and just the uniqueness of what he does mm -hmm. with this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, you know, the names coming up on the screen and stuff. I'm like, it just, it doesn't, nobody can do it as well. Yeah. As him, you know. Yeah. Well, and yeah. also it's just, yeah, like, yeah, I was thinking about this because I like, you know, I, I'm not against violence in films, but like it's kind of needs to mean something or else it just yeah. gets, it yeah. starts to get boring. Like been watching the boys and I just finished season two and I feel like I'm just now kind of getting into the story, but like mm -hmm. all the over the top violence in it. I mean, some of it's funny. Like I get why they're doing it and it's also fun as filmmakers yeah. to like do practical effects like that. But you know, in the boys, it's not always practical, but yeah, 
it just feels so over the top that I'm just like, I don't, I'm just get ready for the first episode of season three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, I mean, I get that. It's like, I just feel maybe I'm just getting older and I'm just like, you know, if I was a teenager watching the boys, I would be like, this is so good, you know? And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, I'm not really into it yet, but it was also kind of like that for me with like game of Thrones. It's like, by the time you get to the end of season two, you really start getting into it. So just maybe takes time i think that i mean i said it on the podcast of quite a few weeks ago when we were watching season three that the first episode nearly made me like not continue watching it of season three yeah um but i am i think i am more invested in the characters yeah and it like i I really enjoyed season three i thought it was really good so if the first episode makes you not want to watch the second just carry on okay (laughs) that's my top tip (laughs) sounds good and then we both went to see elvis um, which I'm glad that we both did because it's like the last run in the cinema. You know, the day I went to see it was the day it was announced it was coming to on demand. Oh, okay, so I cool. knew that the yeah. theatrical run was like at the end. You yeah. Know? Um, but it's a film you need to see on the big screen. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Baz Luhrmann normally. You yeah. know, I'm not. I'm, you know, I never kind of seek out his films to watch. Um, but I think that it matched the subject matter really well. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know anything about Elvis and I was just gripped. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I see you gave it four out of five and I gave it four and a half out of five. I mean, yeah. I, in, and I, even thinking about the film after I went to see it, I was like, man, that was really, really good. I mean, Austin Butler, like all the acting is amazing. Austin Butler, Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks kind of reminded me a little bit of, like he just, he's such a good actor and it just shows the difference between like Tom Hanks doing something like that and Jared Leto doing something like that for um, House of Gucci or whatever. Because there wasn't like, you know, the Tom Hanks has a lot of scenes in this movie and he narrates it and stuff, but I was never like, Oh, here's Tom Hanks again doing this yeah. weird thing yeah. again. You know, he never like takes over the scene. Mm. You know what I mean? And he never distracts from the story. Whereas like Jared Leto and and House of Gucci is just like stop. Like yeah, you're doing too. It's going too far, and you're taking it. You're eating away the scenery, and you know yeah. the good yeah. stuff. <laughs> um and then same with like Austin Butler is like he he was so good in the role yeah. and I was never like oh this is Austin Butler I was like this is Elvis you know Yeah cuz I feel like Elvis is the most imitated person mm-hmm. ever yeah, you know probably, I didn't yeah. really listen to Elvis and I can you know and I know what the imitation sounds like Yeah um and I think that it would have been really hard to not do a parody yeah, but instead sure. it is a performance you know he yeah. is he embodies the character it's not like a skit you know yeah which is um which is really um commendable yeah i uh i think it probably will end up being like a 5 out of 5 for me yeah, eventually I but so i i think the the way the film starts is it's is the only negative for me it just started so rapidly it's very lerman yeah and i was like just spinning like, roulette wheel and the signs and the yeah it's just and, so much like getting yeah. thrown at you that i was like 
you know, I guess I haven't seen enough Lerman films to be like, oh, that's his style. Because to me, it just felt yeah. like, you know, maybe the studio or something saying, you know, we got to get their attention right away. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just like, no, you don't. Just slow down. Like, <laughs> you're throwing too much at me at once. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I was totally gripped by the film. Yeah. You know, as it got too. going and stuff. And I think my only slight problem with it was there was a few scenes where they used like modern music um yeah and like that and i'm like if we're telling the story of elvis and kind of his influences the catalog of music is so ripe and like rich yeah that i just don't understand why we'd have to pick something that's like from now do you know what i mean there's yeah i it just it kind of just felt a bit you know, there was 20 songs I probably would have preferred hearing instead of the ones they chose. Um, but again, I mean, that's what Moulin Rouge did that. You know, he updated songs and had characters kind of sing them and stuff. So, yeah, it's just his style, I guess. But that's I think that's one of the reasons why it wasn't a five was just and it's very small things. You know, it's something that wouldn't really bother me normally but when a film is that gripping. You know, there's things those things stand out as like, oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind the modern music so much. Um but the but it did bother me a little bit or not really bother. It was just kind of yeah. threw me off at the end uh in the credits. Like Eminem is like yeah. singing in part of the credits and I was like, "What? Why?" I, know. I was like, "Is this <laughs> yeah. cuz he was like the other, you know, famous white yeah. musician to culturally appropriate or <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, it's a good shout. Maybe I know not that he is the same in any way, but like Jack White's on the soundtrack as well, and I love Jack White. Yeah, but I was still like, let's hear some, you know, Motown other influences. Or, yeah. yeah, Elvis or something like that instead. Um, but again, like you said, it's just a small, like, criticism detail. Yeah, yeah. Um, the film itself, I thought was was bloody brilliant. So yeah. Yeah, same. Glad I saw it. Yeah. So I did finally see Top Gun Maverick. Did you love it? I did. Yeah, it was five out of five for me. Like, I mean, I had a couple of things, but like, you know, it was such a great like cinematic experience. Um, and the next couple of days, like my i could tell like my neck was just sore from like being yeah. so tense in the film yeah <laughs> yeah it's like, crazy it yeah. was crazy yeah um but yeah i loved it that's awesome that's one that chelsea's ordered on like 4k pretty much oh, she nice. was just like you know we just wanted to see it again um yeah it's just a blast it's so much fun yeah it is a lot of fun compared to the original yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, speaking of which, it was amazing how there was so many, like it still felt the same in, in a lot of ways as far yeah. as the the tone of the film, the way it looks. And then there's like certain scenes that they like directly take out of the first one, but do it in an updated way. I mean, like the volleyball scene in the first one and they yeah. do like a football scene on the beach <laughs> in this one. And it's like, wow, they actually like, you know, if you didn't know any better, or even if you had seen the first one a million times, I don't think you would be like, oh, this is just a copy, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I completely get it. I think that it's, it's the perfect path between, like, 
homage, like talking about what came before and updating it. Yeah. You know, not being um, completely, I don't know, like not giving into like what they think fans would want to see. You yeah, know? Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I had literally no desire to see this film. Yeah. And then the word of mouth, I was like, okay, if people are giving it five stars and talking about how great it is, I'm going to go and check it out. Yeah. You know, and I would watch this again and again. I think it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it yeah. makes me wonder what... Um... Oh, God, I forgot her name. Uh, director of Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins. Yeah, it makes me wonder what Patty Jenkins is going to do with her Rogue Squadron movie. Like, yeah. how is she going to top Top Gun? Or uh, yeah, maybe, I'd be maybe sitting there in the cinema, she's gonna do like, white. Else. Just yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, this has got to be good, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I'm still excited though. Yeah, me too. Well, we just spent almost 40 minutes talking about movies and haven't even got to the main film. We're such idiots. <laughs> Speaking of idiots, uh, we're here to talk about idiocracy today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, like I said at the beginning of the show, I I enjoyed it pretty well. Um, I had some quite a few laugh out loud moments. Um, it is, I I don't know. It's, there's a lot there to analyze. You know, there's a lot that I feel is, um, it almost feels like, uh, an older generation, like the baby boomers or something being like, ah, kids these days, you know, because I mean, every, society i feel like has people that uh i don't know i don't want to talk negatively about people necessarily no. or be like people that aren't intelligent or just so stupid you know um yeah it's not always uh everyone's personal fault that they were uneducated or whatever it is you know whatever their circumstances might be um but it feels a little more like, I don't know, some parts of it feel like, okay, this was ahead of its time. Um, you know, all of, all of the stuff that, a lot of the stuff they're making fun of, you can already see, you know, less than two decades later. And this, yeah. this is supposed to be 500 years later. Um, I don't want to say too much right off the bat, but I mean, what what did you... What was your take on the film? Do you think it aged well, or do you think, or did, I don't know. What What were your thoughts? <clears throat> I think it's a very, um, I think it's a, a film of its time. I think it's it's hard, you know, we fall into this pitfall a lot, especially with, um, like, comedies from the 80s. You know, you look at, like, Ghostbusters and, um, and other films that haven't aged particularly well, um, and it's hard to separate our, modern day sensibilities from film i mean this you know we're looking at it it's nearly 20 years old you know yeah we're approaching that that time where um it is an old film you know yeah um so it's hard to i don't it's hard to kind of see it from that time i i know that if i had seen this when i'd been like 12 13 i probably would have loved it yeah um but i feel like my sensibilities changed a little bit yeah. Now, 
You know? So like coming away from the film, like when the film ended, were you like, that was terrible? Or were you like, that was... I don't think Fine. I'd go as far to say it was terrible. I think yeah. my biggest frustration was that it was like a dive off a high board. You know, it like uh-huh. when the premise is set up, you're like, okay, this is really interesting. And instead of like a beautiful dive, it just kind of turned into a belly flop for me. Yeah. It was a bit like none of the things that I thought it was going to deliver on had any substance to it. And it just kind of um, reverted into a just like a lazy depiction of stupidity mm-hmm. yeah you know well, what were what did you expect i guess or um what? yeah i think i expected it to be a little bit more smart in the uh-huh. depiction of um the future and like you know stupidity i guess which is i know that's a bit weird to say but i you know the the stupid characters the dumb characters um like they're kind of they're cartoon dumb you know it's it's not it's not like they get things wrong you know they're they're watering plants with like what looks like mountain dew yeah you know it's just it's like ludicrously stupid yeah and i like and i know that that was kind of like the point is like we're worried that this is where society is going to end up but I thought that it could have been handled or could have been portrayed a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel you. I mean, it, it's definitely, it's not, you know, it's, it might be more of a cautionary tale or something, I guess, you yeah. know. Um, it's, uh, you know, I didn't mean to like rag on the film right right when we started. No. <laughs> I think I put you yeah. on the spot a little bit, but um, I mean, there are a lot of things that I you know I enjoyed about the film, and I I I get the points that you're making. Um, like I you know one of the things I was thinking about is the way that language is used in this film. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like the language seemed a little bit ridiculous. I mean, there's, I mean, this is was. I guess 2005 when they made it right. It came out in 2006, you know, and there's, there's three words that are used frequently in this film Mm. that are not, uh, I don't know if politically correct is the right word to use. They're just not, they're just very taboo now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a good way. It's like, we, we don't want to be, using these three words i feel like mm-hmm. watching this film like well for one thing you couldn't make this film now i don't think no and it have any so. kind of success Not, it didn't have any success really when it came out it kind of became a cult kind of had got a cult following when the dvds mm-hmm. and stuff came out but but specifically the use of these these three words and if you've seen the film you know what three words i'm talking about um you know it I feel like it, it's taken America some time to get used to, oh, we, we shouldn't use these words. Yeah. You know, like the, uh, the N word, the F word and the R word, you know, mm-hmm. like they, those words have been in a lot of films, especially around that time. And then bleeding over into like the, uh, I don't even know what to call the next decade. What do we call the, 
the 20, I guess the 2010s, the yeah. beginning of the 2010s. <laughs> yeah. The teens. The, the tweenies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like bleeding over into be- the beginning of that decade. Um, you know, some films are still still using the words. Like I think about Tarantino yeah. using yeah, the N-word so much in yeah. all of his films and then, you know, in uh once upon a time in hollywood i mean is there an n-word in the movie i don't even i have to go back and watch it i don't think there is and that might be the first tarantino film that doesn't have the n-word you know what i mean um which is which is interesting because like that's weirdly something he's known for right Mm -hmm. um so my point is like the film kind of to me shows Oh, here's what society could end up being like if we if we don't reflect on the importance of our language. Yeah. And like words that we should and shouldn't use and things like that cuz I don't want to see a society like this. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So in that and, that point is a is a cautionary tale for me and makes me realize, oh, here is here is something that we have made progress on. We're not going in that direction of using these words all the time unless, you know, yeah. the people, the few people in America that do still think it's okay to use these words, you know, take over yeah. <laughs> the country, which, you know, if, I mean, which I guess could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I think about that scene. Have you seen Ozark? I haven't. No. There, there's a really good. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's, there's a really good scene where Jason Bateman, it, he's in kind of this, you know, country town or whatever, and he is talking with someone in a bar, and they use the R word, and he goes on this whole speech about how the guy shouldn't be using the R word. It's yeah. done really well. I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy the way I'm describing it, but it's like done no. really well to make you think like. Yeah, let's not use that word, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that that's, that's my biggest problem with this is I never knew if they were using those words to pinpoint the stupidity of these characters or whether it was just to get a cheap laugh. Yeah. You know, because all it would have taken is Luke Wilson's character to be like, like, hey, that's not even cool in my time. Yeah, but, you know, but, just, it, but, uh, but just, see, it was 2005, so it kind of was... Exactly. And I think that's the problem that I had. I was like, I think it's in here to kind of make me laugh instead of being like, you know, look at these characters and how, like, how they haven't progressed. Yeah. You know? But if you, like, I, you know, I also started to think, well, for one thing, Luke, the Luke Wilson character is supposed to be very average from that yeah. time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's not like, He's not an idiot. He, he's not a genius. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? He's just kind of like they say he's like right in the middle or whatever. You know, to the point where um, later on in the film, he's you can see that he's oblivious about the Maya Rudolph character being a prostitute. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. kind of a joke where he's like d- too dumb to get it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking about like, okay... 500 years ago from today if someone mm-hmm. from that time showed up and was speaking like 
super old proper English, yeah. we would be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" You know, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't. You know, it to us it would be almost like the way they're portraying it in the movie. Not to the point where you know we would think that they were, you know, what they say in the movie. But yeah. Uh, you know, it would be kind of off-putting. It would be like, is this a joke? You know, what Mm -hmm. are you, what are you doing right now? Um, Yeah. Which I think is, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, the film doesn't really necessarily give you that perspective unless you're kind of thinking about it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's hard to see, it's hard to tell if this, this movie was deeply thought about or if you know, they were just trying to think of funny stuff to do. Yeah, I think that it probably kind of grew from a nugget of, like, an idea, you know, this kind of, like, oh, we're doomed if these people are going to take over. Because I know that when I was, you know, hiring people and interviewing and stuff, um, there was a lot of times that I worried about the future generation yeah. um, just for the people that either, you know, you would interview and just be like, like, nobody has any people skills. Yeah. You know? Um, that was my experience then. And obviously, you know, there were people that did have people skills and stuff. Um, but you do worry about the future. And I think this is probably where it's come from. But I just wish that there would have been a few more like script sessions and yeah. just kind of flesh these ideas out a little bit more and kind of, I don't not gone for the easy option all the time. Yeah. Um, which I felt that, you know, happened a lot. There was a lot of, points where it could get really satirical and kind of comment on today's society and they just kind of like blow past it yeah um which was a shame yeah Um, yeah i mean i don't uh, you know i've read a few things about the production of this film not a ton i mean there's there's stuff out there that people can find if they want to dive deeper into it but it it sounds like it did have like a troubling production and stuff and yeah um they cut the budget a lot and then the Fox like tried to bury it kind of like they, Mm -hmm. they didn't really do a wide release. Um, they tried to just like not promote it at all because, uh, they were using real, I mean, they use real corporations in the film. I mean, they talk about Starbucks, they talk about Costco, Yeah, you know, the Brondo is clearly like, uh, Gatorade. (laughs) Um, and you know all these these kind of things like Fuddruckers, <laughs> which is uh, which is one of the greatest jokes in there. Where the like you see the title just like keep changing until it just yeah. gets to butt fuckers. <laughs> um, but yeah, like corporations were like you know like these are you know Fox you know obviously has been bought by Disney now, but you know at the time yeah. they um, had all these different. Uh, entertainment outlets and stuff and you know uh, uh, these companies would uh, be advertisers with Fox right yeah yeah um, so they they had problems with the film for obvious reasons um, which to me like to me the corporation part of the film is very well done i feel like like Mm -hmm. in the cautionary sense i guess is like corporations become so big that they kind of take over every aspect of society yeah 
um you know it's it's kind of like the worst version of capitalism you know that we're kind of already entering into it's like it reminds me of like the the Bo Burnham bit in his Inside Special where he's he's talking about brand awareness and you know mm. brands needing to pick a side and <laughs> you know be a part of social change and stuff, which it's like you know just so that they you know to create more brand awareness or whatever. And yeah. it's like you know if you actually care about society and care about real issues, you'll go do shit yourself it's not about a brand you know yeah. um yeah. and brando like takes over the like buys basically all these different forms of government to where they can they put Influence. it in the yeah. the water fountains you know it's like yeah. taking over everything um was there was there uh any laugh out loud moments that you had watching the film like what were your um, honestly, it was more of like the really silly stuff that yeah. kind of made me laugh. I mean, I really like the joke about um, when he get, ends up back in prison and she's like, why are you trying to escape? And he's like, oh, no, they've come up with a way to keep me here. And it's like he's chained to a giant rock. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but, I, you know, I think I, it was it was hard to like really kind of like lose myself in it, I guess. And yeah. like laugh at it. And I, I, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's because of my expectations, you know, I think of like the early two thousands and, um, like futuristic looks and I cannot not think of Futurama, ah, which is such yeah. a wonderful, like take on the future. You mm -hmm. know, it mixes everything really well yeah. and it just didn't kind of live up to that. Not that it should do, yeah. but I mean, Futurama had kind of started and ended, like its, it's original run by the time that this came out. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and and knowing that Mike Judge, you know, King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead and stuff, he must have been aware of other animated shows. Yeah, around that same time. Yeah, and it just didn't. I don't know. I didn't see any of the kind of um creativity i guess you know even yeah. the kind of even the cityscapes are just i don't know whether they're trying to go for like a blade runner style future where it's all kind of built up and like dark and dirty and you know yeah um i know it can't all be big and flashy but i'm just not sure what the vision was yeah you know and Again, this all sounds like I'm, you know, you asked me if there was any points that I laughed out loud and I ended with saying, hey, this isn't <laughs> something I liked, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, everybody likes what they like, dude. It's, it's uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. But, like, I, um, yeah, I did laugh out loud quite a bit in this film. Like, Dax Shepard, yeah. I felt, was really well, like, did a really good job. Like there's so many things he mm. did that just made me bust out laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole, like, you know, when the, when you first see him and he's just sitting on the couch and there's like all these, like this video, he's got a huge TV, you know, with all these different streams of video coming through and he's watching the show called out my balls. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is like, like when did YouTube come around? Cause this is like 2005, so this was like 
uh, I mean, YouTube had to be in its infancy. Yeah. So just to have the foresight to see like, okay, this is kind of where things are going. I feel like that, that is pretty accurate. <laughs> you yeah. know, like people just, you know, they'd rather get the quick laugh than sit down and watch something like a longer film or, you know, just yeah. any mm -hmm. long form of entertainment or whatever. It's like all the, the quick laughs, the prank videos, yeah. the things like yeah. that. Um, you know, there are no cell phones in the movie, which is like kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they missed the mark there, but, mm -hmm. but you know, the entertainment YouTube thing, I felt it was pretty accurate. And then he like gets up off the couch, he gets up off his big chair and the toilet is on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just his whole, yeah, just his whole like character. I thought was hilarious. Like there's, yeah, there's a scene where he's, you know, where the Luke Wilson character comes back to his place to try to, um, to try to get his help or whatever. And he's like watching a masturbation network or whatever. And the video he's watching is like a woman's feet, like cutting steak. And then the <laughs> guy, when Luke Wilson is like knocking on the door, he's like, go away, baiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which just made, I mean, there's just things like that, like the, the just, I thought were hilarious. Like, yeah. you know, it's not accurate probably to the way the future is going to look, but you know, it's, it's, it's almost just like a cautionary, like nightmarish tale, you know, yeah. of yeah. how bleak the future could look. Um, and Justin I, Long. Yeah. It pops up pops up yeah like his part was so funny to me just <laughs> and again like the way that he's using these words and stuff i'm like you know it, it's not uh it's not using them in an endearing manner in any way mm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's it's kind of being like look how stupid people look when they talk like this and there yeah. are people who talk like that you know what i mean <laughs> um and I mean specifically in the words that he's using, not in necessarily in the way that he's speaking. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I love Justin Long so much. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a question for you in relation to it. So I know I've never really seen King of the Hill. And yeah. You said recently that you have been watching it. Do you think that that kind of set you up for this in terms of the comedy style and like, are they Probably. Similar? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Because I've never seen Beavis and Butthead either. And I know that that was like Mike Judge's big breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, was that. And I've, so I don't know whether it's just not my type of comedy. I don't know. Well, I think, I think also you and I like different types of comedy. I, mm -hmm. I, um, don't necessarily what that, know what that's rooted in, uh, I mean, you like The Simpsons and Futurama and stuff, and that's like silly comedy and things, yeah, you know, like that or whatever. But, um, you know, I do like s terrible movies sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, um, it's it's more about the acting for me. I think a lot of times, and just yeah, you know, ridiculous, silly jokes that that sometimes are like it's funny because it's not funny. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's funny that someone thought that was funny. And it, so it's like, just makes you laugh. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, specifically, like the there's a movie called Movie Forty Three that is just you know one of the most yeah. terrible yeah. films yeah. you could ever <laughs> see. But to me, it's just hilarious. Okay. Um, and part of the reason is because there's so many A-list actors in the movie um, that are so relevant today that when you yeah. watch this movie, it's just like uh, weird to see them in something so terrible. And that's why it's funny to me, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. I've never seen it. Um, I know that it was just panned. Like it was, you know, the worst movie ever made. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's it's you know and it's just like yeah I, I just think like stuff like that is fine i don't know yet like i said i don't know what it's rooted <laughs> in necessarily but i also yeah. i mean before watching this film i you know I, like i said i had seen it a long time ago when it first came out but i mean i was in my teens and like it was super late and yeah. I was pulling an all-nighter and I barely remembered it. So there was just a few things I I remembered. Um, but I was looking on Letterboxd when we uh, were prepping for the show and, uh, you know, read this review, like the top review on Letterboxd for this film. I had I'd read part of it before I even watched it. Yeah. Um, which kind of, um, kind of prepared me for it a little bit, but also kind of let me try to not be so critical of it i guess and just try yeah. to and you know enjoy it a little bit um but yeah the top review on letterboxd is uh a guy named ryan green if you want to go check it out and he points out a lot of the problems with mm -hmm. the film um where did i put it so you know one of the one of the First thing, I mean, it's a pretty long review, so I'm not going to like read the whole thing. But no. one of the first things that he points out is that um, it says the film perpetuates the idea that idiocy, as defined by the film, is hereditary, and the idea that natural selection must be permitted to function correctly if society is to endure, um, like pointing out you know, very problematic ideas. Yeah. I mean, that was like the same idea with like Nazism and stuff like that, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, but like, like I get that point like that. It makes sense where you could, you could see that, that that idea might be in the film, but also to me yeah. it's, um, I don't necessarily think that's what the film was trying to do. I think it was more just like, you know, idiocy wasn't necessarily hereditary. It was more that uh, the people having kids were uneducated. Yeah. And the more... It's like when lower class society can't afford education, you know, you end up with a society, yeah. society that's uneducated. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's the point I thought they were going to make, you know, yeah. when they kind of started off with the two couples kind of one of them deciding to wait because of the economy and stuff and the other people that are just like, oh, we're going to have another one, you know, um, yeah. but it doesn't really, you know, it kind of yeah. and then it descends into 
you know, oh, impotence is really funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's, no, it's not, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that's what I was saying. There was a lot of, like, things in here that could have grown into something really interesting. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I don't think they had chance to. Yeah. It is interesting. Like, I, I feel that they could have made a better point, like you said. Like, it's... If, yeah. Uh, like, how important education is. How important yeah. it is to put money into our education system and, mm-hmm. you know, educating our children. I mean, there's, I mean, there's people today that are very against, uh, public schools. Yeah. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's radical people that want to break, bring down our entire education system and think that all children should be taught by their parents in their homes which i don't have a problem necessarily with i mean i grew up homeschooled and i think i turned out fine you know i don't necessarily have a problem with home education but you know there is there is a problem like when you you try to perpetuate the idea that uh our public education system can never work and yeah. and then you have a bunch of people trying to educate their kids who aren't educated themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that just the time frame of it. I mean, if you like, if you really think about it, five hundred years is like what six, seven generations. Mm-hmm. Like, would we have really got to this point in like seven generations if we'd been like? nice you know well i mean the, the that's the thing it's like you can you can pick the film apart yeah like crazy but like you know the film doesn't even make sense in the first place like if if you're trying to do that because it's like you wouldn't have you wouldn't have any kind of functional part of society like there's you know you know like for instance the plants even being there and being brown like yeah. you wouldn't even have the like all the crops would be dead, you yeah. know. You wouldn't have uh you wouldn't have any seed there to be able to uh to grow once you change no. back to water or whatever. Like it it, it doesn't completely make sense. You wouldn't. Ha- I mean, there's <laughs> when when Luke Wilson is in the the room with Justin Long, and he is like looking outside, and you know, there's like the streets are all broken the buildings are like tied together and there's like a car driving off the the freeway like into the ground and it's like you know it's supposed to be silly you know what i mean it's not it's not realistic in any way it's like if if we did uh have a quote-unquote dumbing down of society it wouldn't exactly look like this i think it was supposed to be um. Yeah, just like silly fun. I don't know another way mm-hmm. to put it, but um, but I mean, it's like at the same time, if you're if you're doing like a political satire or something like that, like you know what you say is important, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is exactly. kind of I mean, a cult film. Like a lot of people love this film, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna make these points, you know some thoughts got to go into it from my point of view. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did, did any of the actors stand out to you? Did you like, do you, 
how do you feel about Luke Wilson? What are your thoughts on Luke Wilson? Um, I, I don't think I've seen enough of Luke Wilson to kind of yeah. have an opinion. Um, I know him from, you know, he's shown up in a few sitcoms and played bit parts and, um, I don't, you know, I don't dislike him. Like he seems fine. I think, um, missed his calling as like maybe a leading man. I don't know where his career kind of went, but you know, um, um, the, I was really, really pleased to see Maya Rudolph and I was kind of surprised to see her in it seeing as it's, you know, nearly 20 years old and, um, in my eyes, she's kind of risen to prominence in the last maybe 10 years. Yeah. So um, that was really great to see her um, and kind of see her have, you know, more than a few lines of dialogue. Um, but yeah, it, like it is just a who's who of, um, I don't know, like comedians that we know, you know. Yeah. The people kept showing up that I was like, oh, I know that person. I know that person, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, all kind of, you know, supporting players. I think it's that I don't think there was any kind of standout performance in terms of like where they stole the show. You know, for me anyway. Yeah. I know that other people probably. I mean, I just them. I love Justin Long. Like, yeah, he to me he stole the show. And like I thought, like I said, I thought Dax Shepard was was really good and made me be like, I know I've seen him and stuff, but what and why is he not yeah. around anymore and things like that. <laughs> um. Yeah, and Luke Luke Wilson, you know, he's he's good. Yeah, he's he's yeah. really great in this part. Um, he's not yeah. doing a lot. He it doesn't seem like he's been around much the last no five years or so. Yeah, but. I mean, he doesn't really have much to do. Yeah, in it to say he's the leading man, he just kind of like there's no big like scenes for him. Really, it's just kind of looking like surprised a lot. Yeah, so. Well, I just realized what time it is, so we probably should try to wrap up. Is there any anything else that you want to say about the film? Um, I don't feel like I've said a lot, but I knew I wasn't going to say a lot coming in. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think. I, you know, my my main points are that I think it, the ideas could have been fleshed out a little bit more to make it more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I think again that could just be the fact that it's of a time that feels alien to us already. Yeah. You know, maybe mm -hmm. if I'd seen it ten, fifteen years ago, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but that's okay. You're not going to love every film you watch. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. So. Do you think you'll revisit this film ever? Mm, I mean, unless something, you know, if my judge comes out and does like a really great film and I'm like, yeah. oh, I might go back or, I don't know, Luke Wilson has kind of a um, resurgence, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, yeah. but probably not our choice. Yeah. Um, Let's, uh, let's go ahead and figure, like guess what, each of us rated the film on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say you rated this film two. Okay, I'm going to say that you rated it uh, three and a half. Okay. You're close. It was, so I gave it a you. four. 
I gave it a one and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. So I was like yeah. a little bit more and you're a little bit less. Yeah. Wow. That is maybe the biggest gap that we've Difference. had. Yeah. 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 I would say so. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I thought this film was really funny and I didn't take it too seriously. You know, yeah. wasn't reading into it. I need to much. find something in my head where I can just watch a film. I think it's, you know, I don't know if you had this problem when you were um, studying film as well, but like it kind of builds you up to look at films very analytically and yeah. kind of break it apart a little bit. And it's been something that ever since I've finished, I struggle to kind of break out of mm, yeah. and just be able to sit down and watch a film. I, you know? I think I, I think my background probably has a lot of lot to do with it. Um, yeah, uh, you know, being homeschooled my whole life and then going to college for just a tiny little bit, but I didn't study film. And then I didn't really do film school until my late twenties. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, you know, being able to analyze and study film in that way came later in life, which I can do, but I also like my natural kind of space is just to be like, sit back and enjoy this kind of attitude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm hmm. I need uh, to find a way to do that, I think, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, you just disassociate. It's tough. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Don't care about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, is, it can be tough, um, for sure. Um, so, do you know what we're watching next week? I do. So, I... I've really struggled. I, I, you know, I know that we've talked about choosing like films that we've both seen before and stuff like that. Um, but because of my interests of late, um, what I've decided to do is go to a film that I looked on Letterboxd and that you really liked and I was a bit cold on, uh -huh. um, just to see if a second viewing would change it for me or change it for you. Um, and with um, like everything that's been like that, I've been watching recently. I have chosen. Um, Rebecca, the Alfred Hitchcock film. Oh, nice. Um, from, I think, 1940. Yeah. Um, I can remember like, I watched it a few years ago and I was I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, and then I saw that you gave it a really good review, so I wanted to kind of watch it again and I thought that we could, you know, watch it together and talk about it. Sweet. That sounds fun. Yeah, I uh, I do remember liking it. I think it was, I watched it while I was taking my Alfred Hitchcock course, so I'll have to look yeah. through my notes and find... I, I can't remember <laughs> much <Yeah. laughs> about what, what I studied on the film. I'll have to look at it again. But yeah, yeah that'll be fun. Sweet. Our first yeah. Hitchcock film on the show, right? Yeah, that's right. And I, you know, trying to mix up a little bit instead of choosing something that either we both haven't seen or one of us hasn't seen, a film that we've both seen that we want to revisit. So Yeah, sweet. Well, you know what? That is the end. And you're at the end now. And like you can find us uh, at Film Church Radio, <laughs> and you can follow us in separate if you want uh, on Letterboxed at Selman Scope and Walker Lewis three zero zero seven. You know you can see what we do on there, what we watch, why, and when. Also, um, all of episodes are in 
the the line and they're on it um and you can hear what we think on there so um let us know if you like things and if you don't and you know come back but man i could really go for a starbucks you know yeah well i really don't think we have time for a hand job brandon Damn. <laughs> oh, Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How it's changed since we were there. <laughs> well, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Um, don't forget to say your film church prayers, and we'll see you next week. Amen. Amen. Bye, everyone. Bye, y'all. <laughs>